Well, it's another episode. I don't normally do introductions for sequels and trilogies, but I guess I don't really have anything else that I can talk about. So, you know, we'll just get started. I mean, people always get started in trilogies and sequels and whatever else. So, uh, yeah, sounds about right. Let's get started. So, picking up where we last left off, Jack just managed to slide through the narrow gap in the doors as Dr. Cynthia stepped out into the hallway with oil and wires in her hands. Think smarter, not harder. Words to live by. Jack recalled such times when that was not the case for his life, but he decided not to anger the doctor. She could still alert Morpheus to their position after all, and he doubted if she was truly on his side or not. The two crept down the hallway, with Dr. Cynthia not exactly huddled, but close behind Jack, who had both his guns out. Jack looked into the reflection of his blasters to see down hallways, but the entire floor was clear. Jack tucked one pistol away, but put the silencer in his belt on the one on in his left hand. Okay, we're safe. Do you have anything to indicate or show if there are heat signatures left in the building? Dr. Cynthia pulled out her iPad. As a matter of fact, I do. Take a look. Jack looked into the brightened screen and then gulped. There's three. Three signatures. Jack and Dr. Cynthia looked at each other nervously. Morpheus, they both said at once. The Prince of Sloth pressed the handprint for his personal elevator up. He's here. Shouldn't have taken me this long to realize. Morpheus climbed into the elevator, which took him almost instantly up into the dark floor with the duo on. He stepped out, smelling the air beneath his middle beard. Hmm. Cigar spoke. Blood? faintest hint of a Twix bar. Jack, hiding behind a pillar, instinctively backed up, his gun loaded and ready. He found himself almost impatient for Morpheus to find them. Dr. Cynthia, however, realized the greater danger of the situation, and she acted on it. Boss, is that you? She cried from down the hall. Morpheus was inches from the pillar Jack hid behind when he heard his top scientist's voice. Cynthia, hold on, I'm coming. Jack swung around the pillar and crept after the mollusk. But when Morpheus turned around, however, Jack knew that the game was up. A giant blue fish hook illuminated the hallway from Morpheus' hand. Thought you could fool me, Sin Hunter? Jack rolled to the side as the hook crashed to the floor. There's no escape. Not anymore, he roared. Jack grabbed a steel pipe from the floor and slammed into the prince. They both fought for strength and leverage. Jack eventually flipped down and vaulted Morpheus overhead, who only hit the ground on his feet. I've been through worse. And you've helped me with that. But is it any surprise that you'll help me again? Dr. Cynthia grabbed a wrench from the hallway and slowly snuck around the two fighters in the darkness. She then charged forward and leapt into the air, smacking the wrench over the back of the prince's head. Morpheus staggered backward, and Jack flung himself forward, smashing into the octopus-headed cyborg and sending both of them crashing out a window. Cynthia ran over, eyes widened. Sin Hunter, she yelled, careful not to say his real name. Jack tumbled down, holding Morpheus in a chokehold. Let's see how you like cold-hard steel, mollusk. Morpheus slammed his fish hook into the building side, which turned himself around. Jack immediately kicked off of the chokehold and landed on the street, using his coat as a parachute of sorts. Morpheus, however, wasn't as lucky. He hit the marble silver street on his back, giving off a resounding bang that shook and even broke some of the windows nearby. Jack looked around at the people in the street, in the street, and this was really the first time he actually had a good look at everybody. 
Some were crustaceans and mollusks, like the Prince of Sloth himself. But there were imps, robots even, and a lot of other crazy stuff. The Sin Hunter, however, kicked it into high gear and started to run, deeper and deeper into the city. Dr. Cynthia barely had enough time to get down to the ground floor. She used the stairs and a grappling hook to get down fast. She ran out into the street, where she was met with Morpheus lying unconscious in the plaza. Dr. Cynthia ran towards him, but changed direction when she saw the Sin Hunter running, more limping, towards the city. She adjusted her glasses frantically, and then took off, sprouting wings from her jacket, and taking off after him. If you must know, Dr. Cynthia isn't only famous for her world-renowned scientific breakthroughs, she also happens to be a shapeshifter. Now, she has far more self-control about what she shapeshifts into, unlike Bubsy, or Beelzebub, Prince of Greed. But I didn't drag you away from your work or your video game to talk about greed. No, 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 no. We're instead focusing on the story at hand. Now, where were we? Dr. Cynthia flew all around the deeper city, scanning for anything that wasn't black and brown. Shockingly, harder than it sounded. But at long last, she found Jack holed up in an alleyway. She flew down and walked into the small space, her shadow transforming from a demon with nightmarish wings and a barbed tail into her, young, into her usual young scientist look. Jack? It's alright, it's me. Doc, she paused, taking in the next sen sentence. Cynthia, just... Cynthia, can you come out? Jack walked out, a gash across his bulletproof vest and many scrapes and slashes from the glass on his face and arms. Yeah, I get it. I'm wounded and injured. I also might have lost something. But hopefully it probably isn't vital. Dr. Cynthia hurried over, kneeling down to see what was wrong. Are you sure you're okay? Can you still walk? Jack nodded, biting down on a piece of cloth to prevent from screaming. Yep, I can walk. He got up, shakily, and then began walking as if there was no problem. Good, Dr. Cynthia said, breathing a sigh of relief. <sighs> Come on, then. The two walked through the street, Jack changing into his sloth uniform to blend in. Huh, I always wondered what was under your hat. Jack looked over at the doctor, and then turned the other way. Yep, guess nobody really expected for this to happen. And yeah, here we are. They reached a hotel, and after some walking, Dr. Cynthia pressed an elevator up. I'm sorry about what happened back there. You can stay at my place for a bit. It's filthy, but it's better than a cell. Jack nodded through his bandages. Well, any help is better than no help at this point. Dr. Cynthia and Jack stepped into the elevator, Jack barely able to lift his arm. Ah, mm-mm-mm-mm, mm, mm, nope. That hurts too much. Once they reached the penthouse apartment, Jack stepped out into, you guessed, more silver, white, and blue. But he had a wonderful view of the eastern mountains and glowing trees looming far away just out of reach in the distance. Jack took his hat, hung it on a rack, and then collapsed onto a couch. Dr. Cynthia hung up her lab coat and grabbed a box of medical equipment. Okay, let's see what works for you and what doesn't. Jack sat up on a couch and wrapped gauze pads around his mouth and anywhere else. If he was going to scream, at least it would be muffled. Dr. Cynthia, however, struggled to memorize the medical training she underwent during college in Sloth. Mm. Bear in mind, I may not get every little thing right, so just tap your foot if there's something I'm doing wrong, okay? She pulled out a tiny prick meant for analyzing blood samples, and she gently poked an open wound on Jack's arm. Well, clearly that was a wrong move, because Jack slammed his foot down so hard he smashed the table his foot was resting on. The table sent chunks of uh, wood and glass everywhere, to which the doctor held up a silver tray. Thankfully, she only received a small cut on her leg. Okay, definitely not using whatever that is. Are you still fine? Jack's eyes watered in pain, but he nodded. Cynthia stood up and wiped the sweat off her glasses and face. You know, you can remove the bandages and gauze. If you need a scream, then please do so. Jack unwrapped the bandages around his mouth and sighed. 
Okay, okay, whatever. Anyway, I do have these for any given moment. Jack pulled a stem pack from his belt and jammed it into his leg. Instantly, his arms and legs began to heal themselves, repairing cuts, scrapes, and wounds, and even somehow stitching the fabric on his bulletproof vest, pants, and sleeves. Dr. Cynthia gazed in shock at the stunning lapse time. That was abnormally fast. What's even in those? Jack shook his head and removed the bandages. He stood up, stretched his arms, and then began walking around. It's a little sore on my left arm, but other than that, there's damages a thin beard beginning to come in. Jack walked out to the balcony and watched the white jade moon far above, high on the sky, and the traffic and commotion of the city far below. Cynthia went out onto the balcony to join the Sin Hunter. Pretty, isn't it? It's a shame the only thing separating us from the beauty is this titanium-reinforced glass. Jack pulled out his phone and nodded. I believe I read somewhere that once a year, all the rain stops, and the people here can just roam freely for 24 hours in the wilderness and the terrain around the city. Dr. Cynthia adjusted her glasses, then pulled out a book from her coat pocket. That's correct. Many have even migrated away from the city. Some died, but even more successfully created new cities. In this way, we've branched to almost the entirety of this ring. Jack shuffled around to listen, more intent. Go on. Dr. Cynthia smiled, always happy to express her knowledge of the world she lived in. There are even some places no one has ever dared travel to. The ends of sloth are wild and unpredictable. However, there are some rumors of gateways to other places lying just beyond our view. Jack nodded, more intent than ever. If he was trying to get as far away from Lucifer as his being would allow him to, he needed special access to unknown places. Did you know, my dear scientist doctor, don't you even think about wooing me into your little plans? Okay, Jack nodded. Doctor. The fedora on my head happens to be lined with a thin but incredibly solid layer of titanium. Dr. Cynthia sat up, surprised. You're lying. I can assure you I'm not. Jack removed his fedora, swapping his sloth attire. He emptied three bullets into the brim, and the bullets fell out, knocked in from the hat. Dr. Cynthia snatched the fedora up. Sorry, may I? Jack stepped back. Sure. She examined every piece and angle before returning it to the Sin Hunter. That's truly surprising. The physics don't really acknowledge that, but wait. You can navigate the storms out there. Come on! But before Cynthia could leave her deck overlooking the city, Jack grabbed her arm. I'm not finished. Now please, before you rush out into the dark and unknown, let me explain something crucial. Dr. Cynthia stopped, realizing she had let her energy and wild side take over for a brief moment. She readjusted her glasses and sighed. Okay, what? Jack sighed. Thing is, I can't go out there. The titanium might protect me, but look. Jack pointed the glass overhead. I'd get crushed by the force of that rain, like a bug underfoot. So I'd be dry and safe, but I'd be a human dinner plate. Dr. Cynthia took the scent. For once, I actually didn't remember that. Sorry, that's on me. You shouldn't have to apologize. But before Jack could finish his sentence, a buzz came from Cynthia's wall. Oh, hold that thought. She rushed over to the buzzer, only to gape as she saw who it was. Oh. My. God. Jack dusted his hat off. What? Cynthia spun around, panic in her eyes. He found me. You need to hide ASAP.